0: He has his first outside human connection, and that comes the way of a stubborn, stern
1: monk. Ah, oh, whoever could it be? Is it monka S?. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Casuals of Terra, episode 68. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Hetch. And get out
1: your bingo cards. We're going to hit a lot of our favorite things. And I mean, right now, we're not going to Noxus. Bam. <laughs> That's the free space on the Casuals of Terra bingo card.
0: But because war will come up in this episode, Noxus will be mentioned. <laughs>
1: Noxus is forever in our hearts, not in our show.
0: (laughs) We're back with another episode, like we promised. And this time we got some more new cards. The uh, release for Runeterra is finally complete for this, I guess, expansion. We got a few more cards. And surprisingly, finally, we get to go back to the Yord, My queen, I've been waiting (laughs) to return to your arms and I notice you now have a husband.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Why are you like this? Why, Ash? Why did you do this to me? It's okay. It's okay. We you don't you don't have to. We're not going to have that awkward party with your ex there, okay? Because we're going to talk about someone that's
0: with Szechuanese clan, <laughs> the real queen. I know, right? We're okay, we'll, we'll sl- slow down, chill out. Or we're, we're talking about Udi Yeah. <laughs> before we talk about Udir, we got to do housekeeping up top. You can listen to us everywhere. Um, Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Then follow us on any platform you prefer or all the platforms. That helps us a lot. We appreciate it. Um, If you need to contact us, you can email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. And then leave a like, follow, a short review slash comment wherever you decide to listen. We appreciate it very much. Uh, but the easiest way is to tell a friend to return to Monke by listening to the Casuals of Runterra oh podcast. Oh my god! Listen, there's going to be a lot of animal references here, uh, so let's just get into the main topic: man bear pig. <laughs> Al Gore was
1: right, and the man bear pig has arrived.
0: Super cereal.
1: Super, Super cereal. cereal Super guys. cereal guys. All right. <laughs> Goodness gracious! All right. Uh, with these new cards. Uh, It's not going to be any surprise that we're going to dive into probably the biggest of the spells, and by biggest of the spells, it's not even a normal spell card, it just comes off of so many followers with Udyr's set, so we're going to be talking about the stances, the stance swaps, and this is one part because it's basically the only spell with the Udir block, and the another part... To help Ryan out when we actually get to the champion card. Uh, So, (laughs) with the stances... So, Stance Swap is a spell that allows you to grant a stance to an ally. And the stances are going to be slow speed spells at three mana. That It's essentially like Aphelios Moon Weapons. If you think of it that way, they work in the same manner. um, Except that they have very different effects. Uh, So, we have... The Ram Stance, which is a deal one to everything else. So that's going to deal one to everything but the unit you're targeting, including your own face. Uh, so keep that in mind if you're low. Uh, then we have the Boar Stance, which is grant an ally plus zero plus two and regeneration. Bear Stance, which is grant an ally plus two plus two and... Am I missing one? Yes, I'm missing. Claw stance, which is grant an ally, plus two, plus zero, and overwhelm. Um, so the stance is really cool. Udyr flavor as far as just the way he plays in League of Legends. That's fun. But f- you know what we want to talk about here. And that's going to be the story that's being told behind the scenes. So if we look at cards like for Boar stance, we get a quote. And the quote is: "It is not the absence of pain I seek; it is the tenacity to fight through it." And we have another quote here on bear stance, which is: "The great bear is indomitable, and in taking its blessing, we shall know no fear or mercy." And it, like this, really gives like a nice insight into like that spirit realm, the, like the energy from the uh, the animal spirits as well as like that druid from like the druid class of D&D like one with the animals I I cast speak with animals I get cussed out by a bird it, it, you know it get, it gives a whole vibe of like this yeah. fantasy world
0: the Man. um the quotes the quotes are great here because it gives you like you said that vibe um but it also a good bit of these quotes come from a specific person who they in, included in the game because they're good with it like that. They're good with the that, lore. That's right. Doing.
1: That's right. And uh, as Ryan is saying, the quotes, they come from a character that's going to lead us into our follower. So the follower for today is the person we're quoting. And that is the, uh, I guess we're officially going to call it the Hyara Allseer. We good with that? I, uh, I'm not sure how to say the name. Yeah. Or Yeah. Hiara. Right, yeah. yeah. So Hyara, we're going with the Hyara Allseer. And that's going to be one of the new followers coming out with the Udir block. And the card itself is a six mana, five, five, no other text, uh, as far as the stats, but with the all seer, we have, when I'm summoned, create a stance swap in hand, which is the spell that we just went over that gives you the other stances. Um, and that stance swap, it costs zero mana this round. So you're going to be able to give your uh one of your units uh, one of those buffs essentially for free for the turn, which is cool. Um and as far as with the way Udir plays, it's that's gonna be important. So I think this is gonna be a card that is going to be seen with Udir and nowhere else. Uh yeah. because I don't think a lot of, I don't think the the whole stance swap package at least as it stands now is going to be flexible but why are we bringing this card up because the hyara Allseer has got all these different quotes on the stance swaps and everything and it the all seer is going to be a very key and pivotal character as far as the world that rune terra is building yeah. after the stories that we get to read um and even on the flavor text for the Hyara Allseer, we have, Revered by all, the great shaman, the Allseer, lost her sight long ago, and now sees through the eyes of the hawks and eagles that nest on her mountaintop home. Now, troublesome tidings have brought her down from the mountain. She hopes that omens remain but mere visions. And that it's like okay like we know that the all Seer is kind of got like is at the tippity top of the shaman hierarchy uh, within like uh, the spirit walkers that are within the freljord so the all seer is like the og one and not only is she being introduced into the world through these cards we now know that something big is about to happen and where we get to read when we dive into Udir's story, that's very important information to know because Udir's story kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. And now we already got an insight of like, yeah, uh, we got more coming after that cliffhanger. We're not just doing it just to be like, haha, here's Udir's story. No, we, we've got some content and they're finally showing us that content with the cards.
0: Yeah, essentially, we're going to get an Orden story here. All right, this is what Udir's bio is going to be, and a little bit of spoilers. It's pretty bare bones, it's by the books. It's one of the earlier stories that were written um, for characters. And you know, I think one benefit it was, it kind of went hand in hand with Udir's redesign way back when. That the the image we get so with Udir, or sorry, with a lot of characters in Legends of Runeterra, um, they've been doing their redesigns through the card game. To kind of update them and make them more modern and fit them better into the lore. Uh, Udir, they just pulled. They pulled him because he was redesigned in the game, right? So mm-hmm. we got that visualization of the more stoic, druid esque build um, that we see in the card art. Uh, and that also fits the story that came along with it. But we do get some cameos here. So that's kind of neat. Uh, oh, so yeah. keep yeah, your um, ears peeled. <laughs> and let's talk like, about it.
1: Again, the bingo card. It was yeah. when we start saying all the cameos that are in this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's talk about the man himself, a man bear pig, Ooh dear. Um, So in this world, in Freljord, I know we haven't been there in a very long time. Go back and listen to our early episodes. Um, there exist warrior shamans. And these warrior shamans in Freljord are known as spirit walkers. And spirit walkers don't belong to like any specific tribe. They're not their own group. They actually serve many tribes. And what happens is they go around and they find a tribe. They offer their abilities. And in exchange, they get to call that place home, right? So this already creates a bit of a disconnect because you know they are different from normal people, normal tribesmen. Um, but they also don't have a tie to any specific thing. They're almost like um a gift from the spirits right to these tribes like a protective Uh, i I,
1: like to steal to steal from other pop culture it's kind of more like um uh i i don't read like too many of the comics from like dc or marvel i but i do watch like all the movies from the universes and stuff and so when it was coming out the way that dr strange was explained to me is kind of like the spirit walkers here which is Doctor Strange, sure, he's a superhero. He's within the Marvel Universe. But he doesn't necessarily care about what the Avengers are doing or anything because he watches the universe on a bigger scale. So it's like, yeah, Yeah. y'all can go die to this crap because that's not a universal threat. Like, that's just something that y'all care about. But when
0: our paths intersect, it's going to be big. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty close. I mean, if you, you know, listeners, if you go back and listen to our Lysandra episode, right – where we talk about that the past of the frailyord and the big picture um, that will kind of put in perspective what Hedge is saying here, uh, because the cliffhanger we get left on kind of relates to that as well, um, at least in our mind. But we get Udar here. We you know we figure out okay he's special, um, but what makes him so special? So then it takes us you know wh- 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 we go back to when he was born.
1: <laughs> you hit, you hit us with the wobble, wobble. <laughs> ah.
0: so he was born under a full blood red moon, which is never good. Uh, in this case, it's all right. Uh, what this meant was him, as a young child from the beginning, had a lot of spiritual energy uh, from a young age. So that's cool. Uh, and what this kind of manifest manifest as is that he can feel raw emotions, right, of all creatures. And I want to emphasize all creatures because humans are creatures. So in the story, it's a bit confusing the way it's said because, you know, you look at Udir, you look at the way he's presented, it's all animal-based. But one problem that comes up is the sheer amount of tribesmen around him.
1: Yeah. If you're going to be hearing all of these voices inside your head, the more things... And creatures around you, the more voices that you're going (laughs) to hear. And yeah, like overstimulation is a thing and can be a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he's taken in by the Winter Claws or the Winter's Claw tribe at a very young age. uh, And the Winter's Claw tribe is
1: drum roll please da, 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 da. all right it, that is sedjuani's clan yeah. uh so we do if you've listened to our sedjuani episode and our ash episode because those are definitely kind of put together um i'm actually I, I it makes sense that the Witter's claw is like really in touch with like working with the shamans probably more so than other uh tribes since they're a little bit more nomadic yep. but also, kind of surprising that is like the winners' call be like, yeah, this is the place that we will train you because they're nomadic, like yeah, like w- w- okay, He's
0: are we going to train a place to call home?
1: It's like, <laughs> it's it's like, like, well, like guess uh, what? It's like, are we going to train or am I going to have to pack back up in fifteen minutes? <laughs> like, what's what's the what's the deal here? <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So they take him in, uh, but the problem is having this power at such a young age. Um, and then also having mentors that you know they expected a lot out of him, but he wasn't really fulfilling, like hitting those milestones. Despite his immense power um, at this young age, uh, it caused the problem. the The big problem of all the chaotic the chaotic amount of voices around him were flooding in constantly. So he never was, from the point of birth, ever in a state of solace. Right. Um, so not being in a state of solace, not really having mentors doing their best. To guide you through this growth, um, it put him in a situation very famu- uh, familiar to if you you know going back to another series if you've read X Men at all, Jean Grey, right? This is a great example of Jean Grey being uh, telekinetic, telepathic, all that stuff. But not really having any guidance at a very young age caused her to have a lot of trauma, which down the road you get to Phoenix Saga. You know it happens. Um, <laughs> but we won't do spoilers here for the yeah, the decade old story.
1: Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no spoilers for X Men. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about that.
0: <laughs> y'all, y'all just get
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, as far as like with Udir being in the spot of course like any because I'm sure at this point he's also more of like a teen like he's getting into his younger adolescence yeah so like anyone in their adolescence I'm sure that he probably said to himself man I hate this and I hate it here yeah it would be awesome if it would all just go away and so spoilers to Udir's story his wish is kind of granted <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's kind of into the next part, if you want to break this up into a three-part story, right? So this next part, we have a ambush, which happens in the Yard from the Frostguard tribe. Uh, they took their opportunity to strike, and they had one goal in mind, which was target anyone with spiritual or magical ability first. So if you play League of Legends, you know, kill the support first. <laughs> Always kill the support
1: Always first. kill the support pl- right? You jump on someone else And the support will save them So kill the supports And as a support player I hate it here um, <laughs> And like that- in D&D Kill the healer or kill the mage Do that first Ignore the people with the weapons and The armor <laughs> yeah. um, But uh, as far as with Stuff that we've touched on before The frost Frostguard are followers to Lysandra. And again, this is kind of bringing back up like this that bigger threat, like this big, big world-ending thing happening behind the scenes. The three uh, these, th- this is kind of the um, the exception to Lysandra's story, which is more saying like what her followers are doing while she's just chilling in ice. Yeah. Is that yeah? They st- it's still the Feral Yard. You still got to raid to survive. So this just happens to be. A big raid. Yeah. yeah. A
0: a really big one. Yeah, a pretty big raid. And what ends up happening is this becomes the peak of Udir's frustration and emotions that come flooding out of him in spiritual energy and an uncontrollable fury. And the only thing bigger than this raid was the avalanche that followed. And that avalanche, unfortunately, did more damage to his tribe than it did the Frost Guard. The Frost Guard was able to retreat Um, but little of his tribe ended up surviving. So after this incident, he claws himself out of the... (laughs) (laughs) You see what I did there? Listen, we've been doing this for a long time. (laughs) I quit.
1: I'm done. (laughs) I quit every episode nowadays, and I hate you for it.
0: (laughs) So he claws his way out of the ice, right? And the remaining group of uh, Winner's Claw... Abandon him. They're like they, you know, we don't really want to deal with this anymore. They move on. They're nomadic, uh, but there is one sympathetic Iceborn who remains by his side and kind of helps him for a brief amount of time. They have a partnership where you know they rely on each other just to survive uh, until soon he has his first outside human connection, and that comes the way of a stubborn, stern monk.
1: Oh, whoever could it be? Is it Monka S? <laughs> Stop!
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I, it's not I got, Monka.
1: <laughs> I gotta get mine. In. I gotta get mine in too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a stern monk from a foreign land. Um, and the thing that kind of intrigues him immediately is this monk doesn't try to avoid him, which most people do once they see him. Uh, I wonder yeah. why.
1: Um, well, I mean, especially at this point after he gets abandoned by the Winter's Claw, which, yeah, family, I mean, that is, and that, that is standard superhero stuff of like, wow, you lost control of your powers, you about killed us all, you stay away from us, makes sense, and then he connects more with the animals because the animals like they kind of act more on like primal senses and instinct so it's less noise to be around so not only is he like already kind of bigger than life because of his spiritual connection he's also living in the wilderness with freaking animals i probably wouldn't want to hang out with this guy either like (laughs) you could probably probably, smell him a mile away i was (laughs) gonna say
0: he smells like piss we know it (laughs)
1: It's just like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm Bruce good. And Roll the windows up, lock the doors, and let's just get out of this town.
0: <laughs> but no, you know, enough teasing. It's Leeson, All right, we gave you enough clues. Um, but immediately when he meets Leeson, he's he's in, he's like intrigued because he doesn't react the way he expects him to react. And because he doesn't react the way Udir expects him to react, he reacts in the way he reacts, which is on instinct. And he attacks him. But he can't land a punch on him. He essentially dodges him and doesn't really engage him. Physically, until they're both tired. And then when they're finally tired, he officially introduces himself as Lee Sin and then offers to take him to Ionia to study. Because Lee Sin, on his mission, on his journey, was looking for people like Udir and he found one of the most powerful ones. People who are these spirit warriors. And and it also kind of works for Lee Sin's story
1: because Udir has all this power and just doesn't have any sense of control over. Yeah. It. And it's like, yeah, well we're trying to find like stronger spirits so we can figure out how to control stronger spirits and you need help controlling them. It's a win-win baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No way this will end with me losing my eyes.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, go listen to our Lee an episode we did a while back. They'll give you some insight into just who Leeson is, what he's coming from. Um, and at his point in the story for udir um, he plays kind of the role of how Zinzao plays for Jarvin in my mind in our Jarvin story where he gives yes. Udir perspective from the outside Ionia as a plot device and the people from there is used a lot throughout the lore like this where they'll pluck people out from that region put them in a different region to give them a spiritual perspective of things um a more personal view from both you know animals and humankind Uh, the the warm loving hug of togetherness
1: yes Uh, and also just kind of like reinforcing that idea that like these are characters that are focused on a threat that is different than the average person of room terra it's like yeah sure like the avengers have their crap going on but the spirit world also needs our help. So
0: yeah. deuces. We're going to deal with that. So there's an invasion going on. <laughs> when, he, when he pitches the idea to Udir, Udir's like, you know what? That sounds good. You're my new friend. I trust you. Let's go. They found that invasion is happening um, because there always is one when it comes to Noxus. So immediately Udir's like, well, I owe you one kind of thing. Let me offer my hand. And try to help you fight alongside your you know my new friend and help you defend the monastery and specifically it's in harana and udir you know the point of this journey from leeson's perspective was to help udir get a better grasp on managing the spirits and managing the power he has and pointing that in the right direction so that becomes useful i mean the training they've done together alone has made him very useful in this fight uh, they don't make it out unwounded, right? There's some wounded, there's some people, you know, who get hurt, yeah. but they are victorious, which is most important. And this then leads Udir to decide to actually stay and train with the elders of the monastery. Um, and that's that's what kind of gets him to the Udir we know today.
1: Yeah, and like this is a very big turning point in the story because even during the fight here. Uh, which like we go we go into a little bit more details of the fight with uh our Lee Sin episode uh because Lee sin really suffers a lot of damage coming out of that fight but it is important because the last time that udir lashed out with the spirits in a mortal threat he destroyed basically an entire tribe exactly. and this this time it's you know yeah they're wounded and stuff but his friends are standing like this is yeah. this is a big turning point for Udir <laughs> yeah, so progress. it's like not only are you guys going to help me like get even better control over this but i can see the change that's coming over yeah. me now i can see that it's already working and so it's important like this is the biggest turning point for
0: Udir and he
1: will live in ionia happily ever
0: after right yeah forever um no <laughs> after this <laughs> battle after the training he starts to get homesick uh, specifically for Freljord and not just on his own he's getting a because he's now honed his skills so much he's actually feeling things from further away so he's feeling the Freljord's spirits kind of churn and feeling them pull him back because there's something dangerous stirring in in Freljord on uh, beyond the horizon So he makes the decision to attempt to return. And before he does so, he says bye to pretty much Ionia, all the elders, the people at the monastery, Lee Sin himself. And he starts his journey back with his ultimate goal being to rejoin the Winter's Claw because we know that they're still running around under Sejuani. And he's not sure if that's going to work out, but that's his goal right now. His goal is to help out with whatever danger is coming and to help protect the spirits of his home. Land his home region, and then also hopefully rejoin with the better version of himself. This is like the ultimate story of progress.
1: Yeah, and we and we now know that like this is a much bigger cliffhanger to end on than what it was initially because it was like, oh, something big is happening. I must go home, and that was it. But now that we're getting these cards, we're getting to see like with the Hiara Allseer that even is like weaker, quote unquote although more prestigious shamans are also feeling this disturbance within the spirits and something big is coming, Uh, whether that just be the war between Sejuani and Ash, because there is this kind of succession issue going on. Yeah. Um, Or if it's Lysandra's return, we don't know any of that, but we know that there's a big thing happening because these cards are giving us a bigger picture without answering any questions exactly so it's a fun place to be at right now as far as the feral Yord story
0: yeah and this takes us into the card here which isn't anything special i mean it's pretty much on point for lore uh as far as playability swim is currently going through it uh with this at the moment god bless <laughs> god bless that man he he does he
1: does so much and man this is well, this is a definition of so much <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, so Udir is an interesting card, and they definitely went way under on the power level. I think they were afraid of making him as broken as he used to be in the game in League of Legends, but Udir is a 5-5 or a 5 cost with 4-4. Four, four. Um, he has the text, when I'm summoned or strike, create a stance swap in hand, which Hetch already went over, Or if you have one, which is the stance swap, uh, reduces cost to zero. And his level up is you've damaged the enemy Nexus seven times this game. That's a lot. That's a lot of times to deal damage directly to a Nexus, which means Udyr at the current moment doesn't flip very often. And it actually doesn't matter because his flip form isn't that great. So, (laughs) um, I mean, like...
1: This is the definition of just going underpowered, yeah. and I th- I think it's because of the stance swap is why they were so afraid of it, because we remember Aphelios on launch. Exactly. Uh, so this is... Riot finally looked at their 200 years yeah. of coding experience and said, we can tone it down a little bit. And <laughs> In perfect Riot fashion, they never do anything by a little bit. It was... <laughs> Like what's once, once we get to like the patch fix for like maybe buffing Udir someday, that will be the little bit. But you know, it's like no, we, we do the first thing way too far in one yeah. direction and then we turn it back.
0: Yeah, uh, they min-max it. But once he flips uh the addition here is he has the previous ability, but also I have plus one plus one for each stance you've cast this game. By the point you flip him based in practice, he usually usually have won the game by that point, so this doesn't really come into effect. Um the other part is the the behavior of his stances being slow speed. They're not automatically zero cost. You have to wait for him to strike before they're zero cost. So you can't use them till the next encounter. And you only strike when you're attacking, which is every other round. There's a lot of things playing into why this card comes so underpowered. But we're still playing it because it's dear, it's fun, and it's different. It, it it fits the lore, and that's what we care about most. So, Absolutely. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the quotes on here. So on the first side we have a quote from Uther himself uh the spirits shape our world just as we oh that's weird okay just as we and our world shapes the spirits by drawing power from them we take power from within ourselves that's you know you know why that felt confusing because it's spiritual garbage that's, yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's a word it's word spaghetti like he said nothing <laughs> But he's at peace, and that's what we care about. We just want him to be happy.
1: <laughs> All right, now, Ryan. Right, now we need a skin of Udiar <laughs> dressed in his Sunday best. Exactly. And and again, this show we we've, we've said it before. We in Atlanta, so when we say Sunday best, it is not what most people think. Okay, Sunday best down here is serious, and, that's, and I need that Udiar skin. <laughs> Pastor Udir,
0: so so once he flips, he says, "We are united as one, heart and spirit. Together, we will drive our foes into the cold eternal night." So this is some Old Testament. I'm just joking. Okay, so (laughs) so it's just a kind of like spiritual talk, and this is definitely a like this way of speaking. What he's saying now gives us a clear perspective of post Udir. This is like the end of the story, Udir. Who's come to peace, come to terms, has learned a lot. This is definitely something you would hear while at a monastery in Ionia when someone yeah. has found peace, right?
1: Yeah. Um, and uh this quote, like as far as on the flip side, mm-hmm. is actually really exciting to me as far as just the what may be coming in the story, because we as we went over with Rudy's story, his beginning is very much kind of being more shunned by humankind. Yeah. Uh and Then we get in the cinematic when they tease the card a lot of kind of a sense of allegiance and um, uh, loyalty for the Winter's Claw, which... Like, as far as a fight between the kingdoms of man is not really what Udir is sticking to, but we get that a lot more from the cinematic part. And then in this, you could take it as like him, Udir being united with the spirits, but he's also, you know, kind of saying this out loud. So he's saying that we as the Winner's Claw are united. Yeah. And it's like, this is. Like there's now like that kind of brings more questions as to like why is Udir so gung ho about this conflict in the frail yard when by all accounts with the story he hasn't been. Yeah. Like what what change happens? So we and we know just by looking at the other cards and reading the story, there's something big happening. Yeah. And we're just getting more insight into it. And that's it, it's exciting to be a fan of the lore at this point because like, all right, I'm ready. Just give me the story. Come on, come on, give me the story. Hurry up, right? Hurry up,
0: right? Um, <laughs> in some other news, so with with Udyr, this we'll, we'll stop here for this episode. Uh, he does have other stories. Where we'll go into more details um, when we get to those. So keep an eye out for that. Now that we have an excuse to go back to Froelior we and finally talk about some stuff. Um, but regarding like the MMO Ghost Crawler, you know, prolific MMO creator um, has recently been talking a bit more about the. Riot MMO, and he said there's stuff to come. We're getting closer to actually talking about something. So hopefully like the end of this year, we get something about that, right? Because we're the casuals of Terra. You know when that drops, the content will flow. The content will flow. We will be all <laughs> over it. We will be
1: swimming in the oceans of Every content. quest yes. will be covered.
0: <laughs> in, I don't care how many boars were killed, each boar will be named.
1: And uh, tracking down these five sacks of flour actually has some really potent effect on the story. Yeah. And let's spend two hours explaining why. (laughs) Five bags of flour.
0: And this is why the inventory system is so pivotal for the economy of Piltover. (laughs) But with that, guys, as always, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode.
1: Take care, everybody.